The Rainmaker has made it rain here in Toronto. Well, just a little bit. CM Punk is on a collision course with the Elite. The London Bridge is about to fall down to make room for a ladder, and the Bloodline may be on its last lifeline. Hello, my friends, and welcome to a jam-packed edition of the Royal Ramble. I'm your host, Blaine the Brain, and this is a very big weekend, especially for us Torontonians. Not only is it the Pride Parade, but we also welcome the stars of AEW and New Japan who are in our house tonight, live at the Scotiabank for the Forbidden Door event. I will unfortunately not be there live, but this is the very first time that I get to watch an AEW pay-per-view live, as I usually have to record to watch the next day due to my work schedule. Not tonight, though. I planned ahead for this one. I'm going to get into the Money in the Bank preview later on, but first, I wanted to preview the Forbidden Door card, which looks absolutely stacked and could be the best pure wrestling show in years. It kind of needs to be to make up for the lackluster Double or Nothing event, in my opinion. What I like most about this card, as opposed to last year, is that most of the matches, at least those in the top billing, are one-on-one. I know fans of New Japan are more used to the multi-man tags, and that would be fine if the show took place over there, but I think they should also adjust to the environment that they're in. It just makes the matches feel a lot more special, in my opinion. Starting at the top of the card, we have MJF against Hiroshi Tanahashi. I kind of liked how this one came together, with MJF almost being tricked into it, which I think suits his character perfectly. They mentioned on Collision last night that the title was on the line, but it really doesn't matter. It should be a great match. MJF has had some bangers this year, and I don't expect this one to be any exception. He's well on his way to being Wrestler of the Year if he keeps this up. I like Tanahashi, but I can't see the AEW champion losing here, especially if the title is on the line and if this is intended to be a one-off. They need to keep him looking strong, pardon the pun, because, you know, it's strong style. No? Okay, forget it. But they need to keep him looking strong, not only for the upcoming program with Adam Cole, but also for the all-in event later this summer, which I'm assuming he'll still be wearing gold by. Speaking of Adam Cole, it was announced on Rampage of all places that he will have a singles match on this card as well against former UFC fighter Filthy Tom Lawler. They tried with a little sneak attack to make people care about this match, but I don't know if that mission was accomplished. People like myself who follow a bit of everything know who Tom Lawler is, but if AEW ever wants to grow its audience, it wouldn't hurt to educate them a little more. This should be a fun match as well, and I can actually see Cole losing this one after an MJF run-in or something. I'm thinking maybe the MJF match opens the show while the Cole match is closer to the top of the card. What I've heard will be closing is the match between Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega. It'll be a rematch from the Wrestle Kingdom this year, which is in the running for match of the year, and I think this one will be right up there with it. I think we may get an Osprey victory here to even things up, and then perhaps we get the rubber match in London at All In. I can't wait. Omega's buddies in the Elite will also be on the card in one of the few multi-man matches. The Hung Bucks will team with Eddie Kingston and Tomohiro Ishii, as random a pairing as that seems, and they will take on the Blackpool Combat Club, or at least three of them, minus Brian Danielson, who will team with Konosuke Takeshita and Shota Umino, with Don Callis in their corner. I think Callis being in the corner of the heel team will lead to their victory, as I don't think the Bizarro crowd will want to boo their fellow Canadian. But we love to boo CM Punk, apparently. Oh man, do we. He will be participating in this year's Owen Hart Cup tournament on the men's side, taking on Japanese star Satoshi Kojima in the first round. Nothing against Kojima, but this feels very underwhelming for a Punk match, and seems like an easy victory for him to advance. 
Brian Danielson will not be part of the BCC match, and that's because he'll have his hands full against probably New Japan's biggest attraction, Kazushika Okada, in what could be another match of the year or even match of the decade candidate. I spoke about making it rain earlier, and I expect this one to blow the roof off the place. Danielson hasn't seen a lot of in-ring action lately, so I think he needs a win a lot more to keep his momentum going and keep the BCC win streak alive. Last year, Danielson was supposed to face Zack Sabre Jr., a match that I'm still waiting for, and one that we may get at All In in London. But speaking of Sabre, he will be competing in the four-way for the international title against Daniel Garcia, Katsuyori Shibata, and the defending champion Orange Cassidy. It's funny that Cassidy's belt will be on the line, but both Sabre and Shibata are champions as well. I think if this title were to change hands, this would be the show to do it at, and I think Daniel Garcia is walking away with the win and the title here after some underhandedness, and then we get the one-on-one match between Orange and Garcia at All In. Garcia's buddies in the JAS, at least two of them, Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, will team with Minoru Suzuki to face the three-man team of Sting, Darby Allin, and their partner announced on Collision last night, Tetsuya Naito. I'm a little surprised that Shingo Takagi didn't get that spot as he teamed with Sting and Darby last year, but ultimately this is the right call as Naito is a much bigger star, and this should be a good one. I'm expecting a babyface team to get the win here to further tease dissension between Jericho and Sammy, leading to a one-on-one match between those two at All In. Even though New Japan doesn't have much of a women's division, they will be represented on this show by Willow Nightingale, who will face Tony Storm in a champion versus champion match. This one will be for the AEW title, and I don't think we're getting a new champ here. I think Tony needs to keep that belt until All In, where she drops it back to Jamie Hayter. Rounding out the main card is another huge encounter. The IWGP champion Saiya Sonata issued the open challenge on Dynamite a couple weeks ago, which was accepted by Jungle Boy Jack Perry, and the fight is on. This could be a star-making performance for JB, but I have been very impressed with the inconsistency of his booking. History suggests that he may have a strong performance here, but then go right back to Jungle Hook on TV this week, which is like 10 steps backwards. That said, I almost hope he doesn't win here. Actually, I don't see the IWGP title coming to America, so Sonata is retaining either way. So that's Forbidden Door. Let's open it already. But next week is the big Money in the Bank premium live event from the O2 Arena in London. I love the promotion for the show thus far, and I love that WWE seems to be focused more on storytelling these days rather than just in-ring quality. It's smart, too, because in the ring, I don't think they can compete with a show like Forbidden Door, but they're doing a great job of playing to their strengths, which is the storytelling. The Bloodline angle has to be the hottest one in the last 10 years at least, and I love that it's been going on for three years and is still relevant. They keep finding fresh ways to not only advance the program, but also keep it exciting. So I'll start there because I think it's the match that ends up closing the show. We will have Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa taking on the Uso brothers in a bloodline civil war. This should be a very fun match, but I think the issue with it is that people will only care about the finish or the post-match angle and not the match itself. But that's just me nitpicking though. It could go one of two ways. Either the bloodline completely implodes or there's a twist which takes it in a new direction which I think is more likely. I have a feeling that the whole Uso split was a way of testing Jey Uso's loyalty, and it'll end up being a huge swerve where Jimmy super kicks his own brother and rejoins the bloodline, so Roman and Solo go over and Jey is out. Then you have the two Money in the Bank matches. You know, to me, it's such a dead gimmick. It's definitely on life support anyway, 
because really, how many stars have they created as a result of winning the briefcase? I think the last one was Seth, and that was ages ago. I think whoever wins this should be someone who can cut a decent promo, and the concept is designed for a heel to win, unless they're setting up a heel turn for a babyface. Whoever wins, I really hope they don't do the same night or next day cash-in and milk it a bit longer so it means something. I am much more confident in how this plays out with Triple H leading the creative team. In the men's match, you have Shinsuke Nakamura, Ricochet, LA Knight, Damian Priest, Butch, Santos Escobar, and just announced as of last week's Raw, Logan Paul will be joining the match. I know a lot of people took issue with the way he didn't even have to qualify, but I felt that it suited his character perfectly. Think about it. He's an entitled millennial. It works. A lot of people seem to be leaning towards LA Knight as the potential winner here, and while I do like Knight myself and think he could be this company's MJF, I think it would be almost stupid to not give the briefcase to Logan Paul. This guy has a gazillion followers on social media and can attract mainstream viewers to what is otherwise viewed as such lowbrow entertainment. Plus, you never know when he's going to show up unless advertised, so he can cash it in at any time and it would be a legitimate surprise. Also, whoever wins this should not cash in on a mid-card belt. Logan also has the history with Seth, so he can cash in on him to continue their storyline. I can see Butch being kind of a dark horse here, considering where the show is taking place, but not really a great business decision. LA Knight or Damian Priest would be my next two choices, as they're both strong talkers, but Damian, I think, should lose this match to further tease dissension among the Judgment Day, and LA Knight, I don't think, needs the briefcase. He's already a star in the making and can coast on his mic skills alone. If they continue him on the path that he's on, I have every confidence that he'll be a big star, briefcase or not. The women's match is a little trickier. You have Bailey, Io Sky, Becky Lynch, Zelina Vega, Trish Stratus, and Zoe Stark. Of all the women in the match, Zelina kind of seems like the odd one out, not really attached to any program, so I can kind of see her winning the briefcase to give her something. Bailey and Io, I think, will be involved in some kind of program with each other coming out of this, as will Becky, Zoe, and Trish. I think Becky accidentally, in quotations, getting Raquel disqualified last week was actually by design, as she wanted Trish in the match to get her hands on Trish, and also setting up a future program with Raquel. I don't see Trish winning, but I think Trish will be instrumental in Zoe Stark winning. Zoe hasn't been on the main roster long enough, and really needs something to keep herself relevant. I can see them eventually doing something with her and Bianca or even Charlotte down the road. For some strange reason, they decided to add a singles match to the card between Cody Rhodes and Dominic Mysterio. It's not a match that's setting the world on fire, but I suppose more of a transitional break between matches. I don't get it. I mean, I understand that Dominic is a heat magnet, but if the goal is to set up a match between Cody and Brock for SummerSlam, this hardly seems like the way to do it. I think we are 100% getting a Brock run in here, and it could be kind of interesting to see Brock and Rhea stare down, but I think that will ultimately lead to Dom sneaking in and getting a backdoor victory. Just announced on SmackDown following the tag title unification match, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler will put up their newly unified titles against the former champions who actually never lost the belts, Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan. I was truly impressed that Ronda and Shayna never batted an eye during Liv's return, as I would have cringed if they showed any kind of fear of Liv Morgan. I think this match is designed to tease a Raquel heel turn, but it needs to be subtle. I think Raquel will control most of the match for her team, but then Liv comes in and gets basically destroyed, 
leading to Shayna and Ronda retaining their titles. And then it's the big one for the WWE World Heavyweight title with Seth Rollins defending against Finn Balor. Look, I'm sure this should be a great match, and they've tried their hardest to make us care, but I've honestly found this program to be very boring, and it's hard to take it seriously when you can easily predict the outcome. There is no way Finn is winning this belt. I just hope they don't do any buckle bomb or barrier bomb spots. I mentioned earlier how I hope they don't do a same-day cash-in, but I can actually kind of see it if Logan wins the briefcase earlier and then cashes in on Seth to set up the SummerSlam match. So here's what I'm predicting for SummerSlam with this week's fantasy forecast. Seth Rollins vs. Logan Paul for the WWE World Heavyweight title. Cody Rhodes vs. Brock Lesnar in a bull rope match. Roman Reigns, Solo Sokoa, and Jimmy Uso vs. Jey Uso, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn in a six-man tag team match. LA Knight vs. Edge. Trish Stratus and Zoe Stark vs. Becky Lynch and Lita. Asuka vs. Charlotte Flair vs. Bianca Belair in a triple threat match for the SmackDown Women's title. The Judgment Day vs. the LWO in an eight-person mixed tag team match. Gunther vs. Randy Orton for the Intercontinental title. Austin Theory vs. AJ Styles for the US title. A heel Raquel Rodriguez vs. Liv Morgan in a last woman standing match. So that wraps up another week. Enjoy Forbidden Door tonight and Money in the Bank next week. I will have a bonus episode to review tonight's show tomorrow, and then I'll review Money in the Bank next weekend. Until then, I leave you with an A-B-C-A.